0: Yes. Day four Day four of
1: mostly we, Off we the are rails all, I am so exhausted It's like so crazy And I'm so emotional okay. And I've been crying for the past hour
0: Is anybody listening? Hello and welcome to the Call Your Democratic Roundup, day four of our special coverage of the Democratic National Convention. Today, Joe Biden accepted the nomination, gave his speech, and we heard a bunch from a bunch of different senators. Amber and Linda are with me again. It is 11.29. What did you guys think? What were your general thoughts of the evening?
1: My general thoughts were... What an end to our democratic national convention. It was just unbelievable. Every speaker brought it. I think everyone was tasked with the, the job of pointing out just who, just exactly what the differences are between our current president and our, and the person trying to become president. I thought, it was absolutely wonderful, and the evening culminated in one of, if not the best, speeches that Joe Biden has ever given. It was unbelievable. I was smiling. I was tingly. I was crying. Um, I may have prayed a little bit to pretty much all the gods <laughs> to please make this happen. I don't. I don't think I left a god out. Um, (laughs) yes, (laughs) old gods in the new. So please, please make this happen. Because I truly, truly, if I was not convinced before, I am convinced now that he is exactly
2: what our country needs. Yeah, I, I, I second what Linda said it was. I was nervous, I think, after last night. And it's been very, I've been pleasantly surprised with this whole week so far. And everybody had their concerns about how is this going to go? No, this has never happened. There's not going to be any crowds. There's going to be any energy. And I think they've just done a fantastic job. But last night was just so, so strong. That I was worried that tonight might be a little bit of a letdown. And uh, it was not in, I mean, from start to finish. It really, it was, it was fantastic. I, some of the the points, uh, some of the, the topics that they covered and the speakers that they had, and they had a little bit more levity in tonight's convention. And yeah, I'm sure we're going to get into some of the specifics of what was said and who spoke. But overall, my general impressions were I was I was very pleased.
0: Yeah. And I, I, you know, this. I felt like all the previous I was the same as you guys. I was very worried. I shouldn't say very worried, but I was apprehensive going into this night, especially with how strong the speakers were last night. I mean, with you knew we knew we talked about it. Beforehand that we had warren and and Obama and Harris, and we knew that there were some really strong speakers and um, you know, I was worried that maybe this final day would fall flat a little bit, and it absolutely did not let's um let's talk a little bit about what happened. We'll get to Biden's speech at the end um, but you know, I thought that I feel like they really tried. Through all four days to to provide a level of entertainment to it, I think they recognized that um, that they needed to provide some entertainment, something for people to to stay in with if they couldn't do just straight speeches. I was really uh, I thought Julia Louise Dreyfus. Oh my God. Was uh-huh.
1: American treasure um, was
0: Seriously. outstanding. The
2: outstanding.
0: There was no way you could start this with a with a better story than her story about being on the cover of the Amtrak magazine. <laughs> I, I I just thought that it was just it was it, it was a humanizing moment and it was funny and. Um, And I thought she did fantastic. The Dixie Chicks, or the Chicks as they are now, um, doing the uh, Star Spangled Banner. I thought that was the national anthem. That was um, terrific. Uh, You had.
1: Love them. Love them. And especially when we need to mention that how malign they were, actually almost career ending for their one second comment about George Bush back in the day. So for them to be included in this Democratic National Convention, I thought was a nod to their, you know, to their nasty women. Um,
0: street cred. Street cred. Yeah. She, yeah, you had absolutely. John Legend in common uh, yeah, performing. that was good. That was very good. Um,
1: I don't understand what John Legend has in his throat. <laughs> I mean, like, for frick's sake, that man and that voice. It's just like, I... It it's not natural. It's so freaking good. I'm like, oh my god.
0: Yeah, I thought somebody tell me. I I thought that was Sorry. amazing. Um, I thought it was terrific. I thought, um, I, I thought they did a great job of of mixing in, um, you know, different. You know, John Meacham was somebody, yeah. and maybe as as someone with a history degree, maybe I'm, you know, that I was really excited to hear him speak about it and he, i thought no, he did an amazing I texted job you. Yeah.
1: i texted you i'm like jason and i are like J- jeff's going to love yeah. this i mean he's just so fantastic and you know i mean truly i think everything he says is is pretty wise yeah truly
0: and then um i thought what do you guys think of the zoom call with the oh senators? i loved it i loved it too
2: I thought that the, in general, the way that they wove the humor and levity and the lightness in today's um, events, as well as having some of the more heavy moments and really important moments, you know, like their tribute to John Lewis and they spoke again about immigration and the post office. And, um, you know, and obviously, there were some more very intimate portraits like of Bo Biden. But the way that they wove those and were able to go back and forth between was, I I felt they did that pretty masterfully. Um, And just to one other point about Julia Louis-Dreyfus, all of the hosts thus far have been very good. I think they've all done a great job. But so there were some where when the host was on and was introducing the next segment, you know, that's where I would go grab a drink or grab something to eat, come back real quick. And then I was like, when Julia Louis-Dreyfus was on, I was like, okay, I got to stay here and hear what she's going to say. Right. <laughs> so mm-hmm. I mean, it was, and it she, was, it, it achieved for me, it achieved, I think, what they were hoping for. She said some very oh funny gosh, things. She really did. <laughs> Joe Biden, yeah, it, it was just, like a roast. It, it was, was roasty, like. Yeah, he, Joe Biden goes to the church every day, but he doesn't need tear gas and that, military.
0: That may be the best Ouch. burn ever. To, it for her so to good. say, all you need to know is Joe Biden goes to church enough that he doesn't need federal troops and tear gas to get there. It is
2: yeah. <laughs> about as good
0: a burn as you can get. Yeah. And, um,
2: well, she also had the in uh, about talking about how Joe Biden made her cry when she was talking about her cancer um, diagnosis and him mm. calling her and giving her support. And she said, You know, this current president has made me cry too, but never anything to do with his warmth and kindness.
1: Yeah.
2: <laughs> gotcha. Yeah. Good. I she think.
0: Is- I, I think they did a a great job of of weaving all that in and 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 trying to um, you know, to paint a picture. And honestly, let's let's dive into the the big the showstopper uh, Biden speech. I mean, that's what it was all leading up to. I think um, the whole week was leading up to that. And um, I think just from a purely expectation um, expectations uh, standpoint, that. They did a masterful job setting you up to allow Biden to deliver that type of speech in that moment. I think they spent so much of the week focusing so much on his empathy and so much on his kindness and so much on his warmth that it allowed him to be very aggressive and very forceful in the speech. And not risk coming off very angry and uh, mean, basically. And so I thought that I thought everything about how they set that up and set it up for him to win. Oh, and before I forget, the uh, the and this is near and dear to my wife's heart, the stuttering uh, kid who gave the speech that talked about Joe Biden helping um. him and. And t- teaching him how to do boy. that, Brandon.
2: Like, Brandon.
0: Brandon. They Brayden. that was um, I think did two things. One, it again showed the empathy and and the kindness of Joe Biden and what he goes through and how he tries to help people. But I also think it was a it was a an expectation setter. They were setting down the marker to everyone that Joe Biden has a stutter, so that. If there was an issue in the speech, which there really wasn't, there was a couple moments where he he messed a line. But that happens with every public speaker, you know, in any speech. They, they did a, just a masterful job setting it up. And then he delivered. He absolutely delivered, he delivered in that speech. It. And it was as good a speech as you can give. And I loved it. I thought he did a great job
2: yeah i i agree i was again given the just the weight of speakers and you know you think about to be a fantastic president or to be a fantastic uh politician or in somebody who understands uh, government you may not necessarily be the best speaker um you know that's not a prerequisite we have many people in government who are great at their jobs and fantastic but they're public per, per uh, their public speaking is not is not their strength not that that's ever been an issue for Joe Biden but it's just that what i'm saying is that the the amount of fantastic speakers that we've seen over the last 3 nights i mean they're like the top 1% i would say that we have in this field and he was no question a he was right on par with everything. Um, everything he said and the way that he said it, I felt that he meant it. I felt that he was genuine. And I really, I, I felt, I think the intimacy of this is, is really working to their advantage. I don't think Donald Trump does not have the ability to be intimate and genuine that is not his ability he needs the crowds he needs the show he needs all of that stuff and joe biden doesn't need that he and so i think this this the way that this has worked out is really going to be a benefit to him
1: absolutely i agree i don't i don't think you're going to get the same level of energy from the republican national convention but we will see oh i will not um, see <laughs>
0: I think that you will.
1: Well, we will. We will read the next. <laughs> day. I will. I will I, read.
0: I think that you will get energy. I just think it'll yes. be a different type of energy. I think the energy that, that the Democratic Party masterfully, masterfully. Ugh, I can't say that it's, it's late, everyone. It's uh, late.
2: We're gonna not go with that word. Yeah,
0: we're gonna skip it.
2: Uh, <laughs> it's okay. <laughs> we have learned that if you have a stutter, it is okay, Jeff. You can just overcome.
0: Just overcome. Yes. So there uh, is no true. stigma. I think they did a great job of, <laughs> of really, really pushing forward the appropriate level of, of energy and, and directed in the right way. Um, I think what we're going to see at the Republican convention next week is a more angry, energy. I think they're going to substitute. Uh, I don't yeah. think I know they're going to substitute anger and fear for what um I just felt like I think no, we're all for have.
1: for yes, for a lack of content and vision Correct. and an actual roadmap to what would what, what the next four years of Trump would look yeah, like. I kind of felt yeah, like a... is where they're going to bring the fear. Um, you know, and you know, basically, guys, this is who you have to blame for whatever is happening in your life currently.
2: I kind of felt like there was a part of Joe Biden's speech where it felt very like star Wars to me and, but I felt it and I, but I was kind of like, you know, the light side and the dark side and we're the light side and the dark side is, is the fear and the, you know, like, yeah, I I get it.
1: Absolutely. I I think you painted a really strong picture about that. Well, again, the difference between what you're going to get with a Biden A white house and a trump white house you know i think this whole week is just setting up that vision what do you want do you want the light or do you want to stay in the darkness i think all four days of this democratic national convention have illuminated that particular discrepancy between the two you know yeah the two yeah i think it's so and i i also really want to talk about really quick though i love cory booker and the dem gang as I want to call them now, because I think that was I think that was made to show America that those folks running for their primary were at each other's throats. You know, they all had points against one another. And for this night tonight, they all came together and I didn't see any forced. Yeah, (laughs) absolutely. I mean, they, they were all there. Out of their own volition, yeah, coming together, genuine,
2: and
0: Bernie, absolutely, who Bernie, who I I really feel, at oftentimes comes off. I I don't want to say wooden, but he's Mm -hmm. so focused on the economy and everything that you rarely see him in like moments of like pure levity. But his one-liner when when Cory Booker asked him why does his girlfriend like you more than she likes me. And he says, well, obviously because she's smarter than you <laughs> that. And, and you could see everyone just died really? Bernie's laughing. They're like, it was
1: just democratic goals. It's
0: genuine.
1: <laughs> they're just affection kind
0: for people. one. Of, yes. It's like at the end yeah. of
2: the day, there's a kindness and a respect because even though they have different views, they're not that far off and they all have a a desire for a better country. That's the bottom line. And it's, you know, you would never see that. You would never see that on the other side. Yeah. Well, and I think they have a, a respect,
1: a respect for Joe Biden. Yeah. That can, that can be seen first and foremost, you know? And then I really, really want to talk about, because I think the other standout speech was I over. was just thinking that same uh, thing. so freaking lately that guy sold it I agree I mean he had like a plus column and a minus column and they were there was no bones about it and I specifically loved when he called out President Trump on on uh, being a businessman mm-hmm. and was just like guys small business owners now tell me this yeah. if the, if this person did that that and that. Would you think that he was a genius of business? You Would, would you rehire you know, him? Yeah, would you rehire him? Would you continue doing they work with spend him? Spend more
2: time tweeting than working. And, oh, yeah, yeah, no, I agree. I've never, Bloomberg is not, I've well, I don't, I know of him. I don't really follow him. I've seen him. I, you know, he's, I know he's, has some controversial, he's a controversial figure in New York. Some people really like him. Some people really do not like him. But he, I felt like just the, it's a kind of a New York thing, the way that he was able to be just so straightforward and like, this is it. Um, and laid it out in clear terms. I agree. I was, I was transfixed by what he was saying, and I felt he did a really good job as again as a as a fellow businessman if you want to compare like apples to apples as you know billionaire businessman to billionaire businessman, you know it's like yeah. I was, um, yeah his voice was very strong i thought
0: I thought he did a great Absolutely. job selling the argument, especially because he's like you said he's a billionaire, and he can speak from that perspective and really undercut um, president trump's bona fides as a as a businessman but I, I I'm going to just comment you know he's Bloomberg has gotten a, a a lot of bad press recently he's he's got some class action lawsuits from campaign officials that uh, that he hired that he laid off and cut their health insurance back in March when the pandemic happened and A whole host of issues so he's going through some things that and there was a lot of uh i don't want to say grief but some consternation on why he was speaking he also spoke at the 2016 convention and i don't want to say he gave the same speech but he gave a similar speech to this um and um the one thing that he did modify and i think which is what really hit it home and made this speech better was um, he said, I'm not asking you to not vote for him because of, you know, his character is bad or that he's a bad businessman. I'm like, asking because he didn't do the job. He did a bad job. Like, don't reelect him because he did a bad job. And then that's when he tied it into Directly. would you rehire a guy mm-hmm. who's tweeting all the time? And so I thought Absolutely. that was a really effective um, message. I'm curious, you know. We really haven't talked to it. We've gone through four days now of this um, convention. And and I think overall, I think it was really, really strong, um, especially given the fact that no one has ever done a convention like this um, to have to create it on the fly. I thought they did a fantastic job given all all of it. Um, I'm curious what you guys think. How do you think it played to the undecided voter, which I I will admit, I'm surprised that there's anyone who's undecided. I don't really understand how you can't make a decision between these two candidates, but I feel that way every year. Um, I'm just curious what you guys think.
2: I think that. Unfortunately, if you are an undecided voter, it's probably because you are pretty apolitical in the first place. So you are probably not sitting and watching two hours or really eight hours of a political uh, convention. So that I'm always curious about that is this is is the purpose of the convention more to garner the. Uh, get out the vote of the people who are already inclined to vote for you anyways, or are you really trying to sway some people? And I think in, you know, in this day and age, because of the way that we can share media, you don't have to sit through the two hours. There will be the standout clips from each night that will go viral or go get or get shared. And some people will see it that way. Um, but, I for somebody that has sat through the convention um, and I was obviously already going to vote for Joe Biden, it has definitely affirmed and made it has made my my feelings stronger. So it worked for me. They worked for me. Um, And I think had undecided voters sat and watched. Um, which, you know, maybe, maybe some will, um, I do, I've, I don't know, but going back to your point, I, I, if they're undecided in the first place, I don't, I don't even understand that, but I, yeah, <laughs> that was that
1: answer.
0: It's very good.
2: <laughs> well, and,
1: and so I'm going to go a step further as to potentially define what I think an undecided undecided voter is. Is is a large portion of those are the disenfranchised voters, the ones who are neither are definitely convinced that they do not want Trump in office, but they're all, also equally convinced that Biden isn't representative of their right. of their current ideals and thoughts, and or just so, government
2: in general. They're just are disillusioned exactly. with exactly not
1: necessarily Biden, but just
2: you know either party
1: but but biden is a 47 year politician so for them biden is the picture of government so you know i think they're synonymous to a a certain disenfranchised voter so i feel like that's probably hard for me to fully conceptualize because i i am all in right now voting for the democratic ticket Uh, as we've talked about in this podcast i i was hoping for a more progressive candidate as well. Um, And I can say now through, at the end of this convention that I, I truly and honestly believe that Joe Biden is exactly what we need for this country. So I have shifted from just not wanting Trump to be elected so I know where my vote has to go to legitimately wanting my vote to go there. So I think, I concur. um, are, are they, yeah. And are they sitting through all, you know, six hours of this convention, six plus hours of this convention? No, I don't. But in the modern world, it, it really almost always distills to sound bites. So you've got, you know, on Monday night you had, uh, Michelle Obama sound bites, you know? Yeah. Last night we had Kamala Harris, we had Obama and they were very, very strong. And, to, and tomorrow, the The social media world is going to be inundated with um, Vice President Biden's soundbites, Bloomberg's soundbites and everyone else. And so those are what it's going to distill down to our undecided disenfranchised voters. And so with the push of that and the buzz of that, I hope that they can understand that that it's it's you know, it's not a negative negative. It's a it's a negative positive. And this is really where you want. Yeah. To and
0: go. I I. Um... You know, I look at these conventions, they are, this one more than any other um, is, is really a 50-50 proposition of rallying the base and persuasion. And you can kind of see that as they moved between the constituencies. They, you know, if it was a complete rally the base uh, proposition, you wouldn't have the Republican and moderate, um, more moderate speakers coming on to say something you would not do that because it's not that is not a rallying cry um, of the base and if you were simply trying to persuade um, you probably wouldn't uh, do some of the things that they did that really did rally democrats up you probably wouldn't be as uh, aggressive on trump and making fun of him. you probably wouldn't be doing those those are those are kind of catnip things for for liberals and and Democrats right now, so I, I think it's part of that. Um, but one thing that it, that this that they've done a great job and will be utilized by every single uh, Democratic party. So they will u- utilize this convention was out in a one day deal, but we here locally can use all of these clips. Everything they did for the last eight you know eight hours, four days. Was everything was in five to you know two to five minute clips increments? Mm-hmm. Yeah, pre- except pre- the major
2: speeches. Except yeah. the
0: major speeches, mm-hmm. but there were tons of issue related. Yeah, five minute videos, professionally done, really, really that well. Can
2: just go out for the next several that months.
0: everybody can share and push and put out there. And for us locally, inside baseball here with the local Democratic Party. We can then target particular constituencies with those issue-specific videos and get that in front of people. So even while, you know, the ratings may be where where they are and the people watching are the diehards like the three of us who uh, were committed beforehand, um, all of that they did, all of what they uh, produced and put forward can be pushed out and put in front of people to try to persuade them over the next 75 days. So, um,
2: Well, and, you know, having said that, now that you're listening to you guys, I think that a lot of the people, like, there, there's a lot of Republicans who are totally against what Donald Trump has done, and it's probably a bitter pill for them to swallow to vote for a Democrat. And um, and I think a lot of them are, you know, they're active politically, they're informed and they if they tuned in because they are, you know, part of informed in the news cycle, then a lot of this was to kind of talk to them as well. Not just me and Linda and people who just wanted to feel like, yeah, this is a good choice. I think that it did that as well for, and so I wouldn't necessarily call them maybe undecided. Maybe they were people leaning Biden where Linda and I were definitely Biden because, you know, more we were against Trump. Um, But I think there were other people like that where it wasn't as sure of a thing. Um, So I think if people tuned in and they were in that category, I think this showed Everything of why they don't like Trump, um, and it showed it in spades. And what you know, one of the, I, we've talked this whole week about some of the the personal stories that they've shared. And like we, we said last night, you know, just these there's just stories for days of Joe Biden doing these ridiculous phone calls and talking to people like it, it's it's almost unimaginable. I mean, he's he's. It's ridiculous. But one of the things from tonight that I thought was very, I thought maybe even one of the best lines of the night was from the former Surgeon General, uh, Vivek Marthy. And, you know, he also gave a very powerful speech about COVID as well as Joe Biden. I thought that was a big, very powerful part of his speech. But he had this little anecdote about Joe Biden speaking to his grandmother, who was an immigrant. And said to her, you know, kneeled down to her in into her in neck kneeled down next to her in her wheelchair and said, Thank you for choosing us as the place to trust with your family. Like, ugh.
1: Yeah, I, damn
2: Joe. He is Damn Joe. How does it's
1: he bring have, me to tears? That's just the, the...
2: that perspective is just like not like get out of here. Get, like get off my lawn, you people, like, you know, Thank you. Yeah, we are great. I'm, you know, thanks for thinking that we're also great. Just like,
1: yeah, it's
2: just it's just an
1: ingrained decency that it's just there.
0: How does he? It's just there. How does he have the time to make so many phone calls?
1: (laughs) You and I were we were all texting about that. I mean, how does he? How does he? A make the phone calls because you know he's super busy. Like he had a, you know, like the worst economic depression that he was dealing with him and Obama. But I'm like, he still sat Shiva with this, you know, with this lovely Jewish congregation. And I'm like, how did he notice that Shiva? How does he know these things? I just you know he's <laughs> like, he is it's amazing he's it, it,
2: empath. Yeah yeah.
0: I, I think you're right. I think he 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 is someone who just embodies empathy. And so I just it's amazing that he can he can do that. And, um, you know, he, he, I mean, look, it's playing really well right now, you know, because all these stories are coming out, but like, none of us, if he didn't run for president, none of us would know that. Like right. he doesn't publicize so true. Exactly. He, does, I, he
1: just does I it. had no idea. Yeah. Right? I thought that I same no thing.
2: Like when he talked to that, that intern's grandma for a half an hour, like at the time that he's doing that, he's not like, hey, everybody film me doing this because this is going to be a great story someday. Like, he just does it. Right. Like, it's not, nobody's watching. You know, there's this, I don't know if you've seen, there's this picture going around, um, I noticed on social media of him speaking to a homeless man outside of a theater in DC. And it's kind of like, you know, obviously somebody's just iPhone picture and they're like, I don't know if the man even knew that who he was, but Joe, you know, talked to him, gave him some money, and then later came back and gave him a phone number of somebody that he could reach out to, to try and get him some help. Like,
1: yeah. No, this just makes me incredibly emotional because it is just that common decency that has been not present in the current administration in the white house and every policy they put
2: forth it's just it's just completely void of common decency joe biden Uh, it's not only devoid of common decency but it's also devoid of any intellect and any purpose and any thought or planning or anything so, you know, it's like if you didn't have decency, but you could manage things well, all right, you know, maybe we could let that slide. But it's like you got nothing. You have zero. Yeah. You're zero for
0: zero for zero for zero. Joe Biden does naturally what most politicians hire consultants to tell them what to do. So like I think most politicians out there would hire a consultant and they would come up with some we need to go do a meet the people uh get out and you know shake hands right. and and talk to people and that's and show people that you're that you're a man of the people and that you care and that you're out there. And Joe Biden doesn't have to do that. He's just doing it all the time evidently because There are just stories for days. I mean, Amy Klobuchar on the Zoom call of senators, the senator Zoom call that that they did her story that she told about giving a speech into an empty Senate chamber, which all of the senators know what what that's like and to walk off. And her literal quote was that I didn't even know if my mother was watching me give this speech. And I get a phone call. And. It's the vice president of the United States. It's Joe Biden calling to talk to me about the speech I just gave. I mean, it's it's um, it's just amazing that he he does all that, and he, you know, I'm I'm right there with you guys. I am now super excited, and actually, how strong he gave that 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 speech, how forceful he was. I cannot wait for him in the debates against Donald Trump because i just think that he is ready to hold donald trump accountable forcefully in a way that donald trump has never been never had to be held accountable in his entire no. life and i think joe biden is going to is going to scold him like the petulant undisciplined spoiled brat that he is on the debate stage and i hope that he just I hope he does it and I hope he just lays into him and I'm more confident than ever that Joe Biden's going to be able to do that.
1: I and I I feel that Harris uh Kamala is going to be just as as um you know equal to the task when when she debates uh Vice President Punts. <laughs>
2: yeah. <laughs> yeah. So. and yeah. that's where we might actually get that's where people that are undecided the truly strange undecided group may actually be watching right. during those right I Maybe. yeah oh gosh because it's
1: going to be national sport i mean everyone has been talking about it well right? and I like all social media everything <laughs> it's it's almost like the well, some... traffic no. accidents that you don't you know i mean you know you should probably look away but you can't so Look, I feel like that's what the. Base I
0: is be. I I think that you know for for those who thought that this this was a good first test for for Joe Biden and he stuck the landing brilliantly. He, he did he, stick
2: the landing. He, he Kerry scrubbed that thing.
0: He he like, yeah, yes he ten out of ten. He hammered it home. But that is you're, you guys are a hundred percent correct with with the debates. The debates are when you will get undecided people and you will get a lot because you're going to get Trump supporters who are going to be watching to see how their candidate does. And you're going to see Biden supporters to see how their candidate does. And you're going to see the undecideds in there trying to make a decision. Very true.
1: It's a swayable. That is the moment where
0: you're going to see uh, people move more. This is obviously the Democratic convention, and it was a great one. I loved it. Um, and uh, I thought they did a great job, but we'll go ahead and end it there. It is 12.09. We will
2: go get some sleep (laughs) for this week.
0: Uh. (laughs) We'll finally start to get some sleep. Amber, Linda, thank you guys again for coming on. As always, I appreciate it.
1: Yes, thank you, and thanks, Jeff.
0: All right, everybody. Please like us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. We have 75 days left. Until election day you still have time to get involved and help us out. It is really really important. hope everyone is staying safe out there until next time so long.